0: everybody to episode three of season four of the Pogel podcast and this season we're talking about teaching and uh for this particular episode we're talking to the folks from the learning assistant alliance and alex grushow is with me alex how are you doing fine wayne how about yourself oh i'm doing great i'm doing great so who do we have with us today so we have uh
1: three esteemed guests with us today. We have Andrea Van Duser. Uh, she's a professor of chemistry education at Chicago State University, and she is an agent, as she likes to say, or a, a leading agent or something. She'll explain that a little bit, uh, and co-director of the uh, Learning Assistant Program at CSU. Lori Langdon is the managing director of the University of Colorado's at Boulder's, uh, their learning assistant program, and she's the director of the International Learning Assistant Alliance. And uh, Valerie Otero is a professor of physics education at the University of Colorado Boulder, and she's uh, also co-founder of the Learning Assistant Model and the International Learning Assistant Alliance. Uh, so welcome to the three of you, Lori, Valerie, Andrea. Um and so basically what we're gonna to do today is um talk a little bit about uh what LAA uh does or just um how you guys use learning assistance in the classroom. Uh and then um, you know, on par with this season, we're gonna sort of see how uh what you all do connects with pogle Uh Andrea, as some people might know, is a Pogle user as well. That's how we got the uh the connection to the Learning Assistant Alliance. Um so let's first talk a little bit about the uh LA. Program and describe a little bit, uh, how it might be different, um, and, and how it might be implemented, um, you know, to, uh, a classroom. And then maybe we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit how it might connect to a POGO classroom. Um, so who wants to start with this?
2: I will. Um, okay. Valerie, Valerie, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, learning assistants, they're undergraduate students. Who are hired to serve on the instructional team of courses at universities throughout the world. Well, they work right alongside instructors so that they implement the course with them, they plan with them, they reflect on the course and they communicate like they, how the students are experiencing the course that, um, that is often a large enrollment course, anything from 90 to 1000 students. And uh, we built the model uh, in 2001, starting with only four L.A.s in a large enrollment astrophysics course at CU Boulder. But now we hire approximately 420 uh, L.A.s each year in hundreds of courses throughout campus. And so it's not only caught on here at CU Boulder, but at universities all over the world. In 2010, we established the Learning Assistant Alliance, the International Learning Assistant Alliance, which now has over 3,000 members from about 500 institutions in 28 different countries.
1: Students, you know, with tutoring and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about how this L.A. model works, how it's structured? Uh, people might sort of see how this, uh, you know, goes alongside with what they might be doing in their classroom. Uh, Valerie?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh, uh, you did that. yeah, go uh, ahead. Uh, Valerie uh, or Lori, whichever one.
2: Well, I'll say a bit more about it and okay. then add on. But okay. um one of the, the things that makes the learning assistant model uh slightly different from some of the other peer peer um mentoring models is that the LAs themselves are like implementing the classroom they're they're not outside of the classroom necessarily so they're in the classroom working alongside the instructor and as legitimate members of the instructional team and at the same time being legitimate undergraduate students, they really provide a little bit of a bridge between the instructor and the institution and the disciplines and the students, uh, you know, sense of self. And that's kind of how they, um, one of the reasons why the program has grown because it's made our courses more inclusive so that they, and more accessible because the LAs tend to be more accessible to students or at least that's the way right. the students feel. Um and so the um LA support learner-centered classrooms, they make it possible for professors to do more active engagement in their classroom where students are actually doing stuff rather than just learning about it or passively or secondhand. And uh so they they facilitate student student interactions, they ask good questions, they don't really give out a whole lot of answers, they just help students learn to think with each other to solve novel problems. And yes. once When L.A. said, he said, I think our main job is to help students feel more comfortable asking questions and learn in learning in big classes where it's sometimes it's easy to feel alone and voiceless. And so already kind of indicating how students might feel in those classrooms without somebody to talk to.
1: Yeah. And and, uh, probably particularly in in the large classrooms, you know, that you probably have at at CU Boulder, you know, students tend to feel a little bit sort of one small person in a large auditorium. So um, can you tell us a little bit of sort of how this gets implemented a little bit more, Lori? Sure.
3: Um, As we all know, um, getting students to interact, getting them to feel comfortable asking questions and sharing their ideas is very challenging for all of us, right? Right. Um, It's also challenging for learning assistants who are just learning how to do this. So there are a couple of forms of really important support um, as learning assistants are are um, engaging in these ways. So within the LA model, in addition to working directly with students in the classroom, LAs are also attending a pedagogy course in which they're learning instructional techniques like listening, wait time, questioning, and compassion. Um, and this is something that all new L.A.s are engaging in during their first L.A. experience, and this has been really important because it allows the L.A.s to continually learn, try, try out these pedagogical approaches, reflect on them, um, and refine those skills as they're working with students over the course of the entire semester or quarter or whatever the length of your term is. Um, we also find that the pedagogy course provides a context for L.A.s um, for multiple departments and disciplines to build community and share experiences and struggles from across campus. So it's also an excellent mechanism for moving good ideas across campus. We find that by the end of their first term, working with students and taking the pedagogy course, that LAs are really refining their own ideas about the purpose of education and their role in it, and it helps to hone in on the importance of creating learning environments that welcome all students. The other important facet of the LA model, in addition to the pedagogy course, which helps support the LAs, is a weekly meeting, so L.A.s are meeting weekly with your instructional team in order to reflect on how the students are experiencing the course and to prepare for the upcoming week. Um, and I think, Andrea, maybe you can say a little bit more about your weekly prep sessions with L.A.s and what those look like.
4: Sure. Sure. Um... No, I think every, every place um, is going to enact these three pieces a little bit differently. Um, So as long as you have your essential elements of being in the classroom, having a pedagogy course and having that weekly meeting, um, it might look one way at Boulder with a class, a chemistry class of 400 students versus my chemistry class of 20. (laughs) Um, But we're, we're both drawing on the resources of our institution and um, implementing those pieces. So um, in my weekly meeting, We're doing a lot of reflection on what happened the week before, what were our successes, what do we wanna focus on for the next week. Um, And we're also um, going over any content questions the LA has so that they feel good and secure, and also um, revising our materials. Um, So for instance, uh, you know, they can provide uh, recommended changes based on their own classroom experience. Um, my learning assistant, Misha, this semester was telling me that when she took Gen Chem 1, her class really struggled with parts of the stoichiometry POCLE um, activity. And We do um, pretty much all of our own in-house POCLE um, activities. Uh, so this semester, we made sure that we did more reporting out as we went through that activity to try to make sure that everybody was um, on the same page. Um they can also sort of serve as master learners um, and help us create activities. Um, so a couple of years ago, I was working with L.A.'s um, Fidel and uh, Nicolette on a uh, a mole poll activity we had. Um, and uh, we went through one whole model. They were like, okay, we understand what all these answers were. And then Fidel was like, I have no idea what the learning outcome is for this. And we were like, oh, gosh, if the L.A. doesn't know what the learning outcome is for
1: this. <laughs> yeah.
4: No way this is right, 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 right. Uh and so we completely reworked um the models in that lesson. Um mm-hmm. uh, and it, it really changed the activity for the better. Um so that's some of the things that they can help us do. And then of course the LAs felt like they had really contributed because they had changed what we were doing in the classroom and they could immediately see what impact uh their feedback had.
1: Yeah, cool, cool. So um I, I just wanted to ask a little bit. So Andrea, you have a class of 20 students. So you have like one LA.
4: Yes. Usually at
1: Colorado, we're talking, I mean, do you have like classes that are the same 20 person thing or are they all like really the large lecture hall kind of thing? Go ahead, Laurie.
3: We do actually have a wide range of sizes of courses and modalities of Mm -hmm. courses, both in-person and um, asynchronous online and so, yeah, we do have the 1 to 20 student ratio model as well as the small army <laughs> of graduate TAs right. and LAs, you know, for 1400 students in wow. Gen Chem. Okay. Um,
1: so, um, so I wanted to then ask about this, um, uh, this pedagogy course. So at, at Boulder, you know, you've got 400 students who are acting as LAs, um, how, you know, how many, how many classes are you teaching just as a pedagogy course? Is this like a three credit course for these undergraduate students? Is it taught by a variety of people or is it like just housed out of your LA office or program? I don't know. Either, either one of you want to take, take that one on. We
2: run about, we run about six sections of the learning system of the pedagogy course. Mm-hmm. Every semester we have one that's online and uh we have another one that's running across the three CU campuses, Colorado Springs, CU Denver, and CU Boulder, which is online, giving the students a chance to mix a little bit and learn about each other's unique contexts. And so, yeah, there's about five sections, five to six sections each, each um week. And they um run twice a week for two credit hours.
1: Okay. And, and, and so you will get people, not just like, just a bunch of chemistry or a bunch of physics LAs all in one, but they could be from multiple disciplines. Oh yeah, so we
2: have them in political science. We have them from history. We have LAs in, uh, physics, chemistry and, uh, um, at Russian languages. And okay. so, um, yeah, there's a great, great diversity and the students really learn a lot from each other because often when you're getting your bachelor's degree, you hang out mostly with the people in your major. Right right and they really have a chance to just get eyes on on what different you know the value of all the va- varieties of disciplines uh, at a university so it's really um, empowering for them i think
1: right right so andrea do you do, do you have something similar to that at at um chicago
2: yeah yeah i think one of the things that
4: again makes it sort of unique is that you can really model to what you need so we started with just three lAs in physics and when we had just physics and chemistry lAs um we had an in-person class that we co-taught with high school teachers on the L.A.'s prepared a lesson and taught them in the high school. Um, but as our we program grew and we now have about 20 L.A.'s every semester and we have okay. them in music and education and finance, we no longer can find that common meeting time. So now we're a one credit online class. So what we do in the pedagogy course is really similar in terms of what type of uh Pedagogical ideas students are learning, but we've mm-hmm. moved away from PCK. We've moved to more interdisciplinary conversations as our program has grown.
1: Okay, cool. And, but then at the same time, you, you are still having that weekly conversation with the LA for your class and your music teacher. They're having their conversations as well. So,
4: exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Lori, you wanted to chime in there?
3: Yeah, I, I can also say that, um, other programs, again, do this a lo- little bit differently, just depending on their needs. So I know, you know, Oregon State University LAs can choose to take the two credit option or the zero credit option. Um, and there are other programs that offer it more as a paid training. But again, it, it, it seems to be important to, you know, be concurrent with their first experience. So, you know, most typically it's the new LAs who are enrolled in a pedagogy course. There are some programs that include their returning LAs Mm -hmm. in that as well. Um, But one thing programs are now (laughs) putting together are, you know, what what are our experiences for returning LAs to continue their professional development? Um, But really across most LA programs, it's the new learning assistants who are taking that um, pedagogy course or that pedagogy training. Um, And just one other thing that we've done at Boulder um, to help with this multidisciplinary aspect of the L.A.s being all together in the pedagogy course is we do have the L.A.s record themselves interacting with students and then choose a two-minute clip of that interaction, transcribe it, and bring it into the Mm -hmm. pedagogy course. Um, And then that way they and their fellow L.A.s can really look at data from their right. context and see how the, the pedagogical ideas are applying across their context and disciplines, that it helps the LAs also bring a part of their disciplinary right. identity
1: so, to the pedagogical. So they're, course. they're also sort of being introduced to some of the research methods that somebody might perform in, you know, uh educational, you know, research, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm I'm curious, and this, this I'm going to throw this out to the to the three of you. Do you find that I, I think one of you had mentioned that this sort of changes the viewpoint of students who are LAs a little bit about their own educational journey? I mean, have you had students who have been LAs sort of realize, oh wow, this is kind of cool? I mean, I really like my my physics program, but I really want to sort of move in it in a in a direction towards understanding how people learn physics. I'm going to throw that out to either of the three of you.
2: Well, I'm sure that we all have had our own experiences with this, yeah. but certainly so many of those students, particularly in in high demand areas like physics and chemistry, they find that they they you know f- teaching is the complex problem they've been looking for. And so right. they go out and they become high school teachers and they realize that it is a a significantly challenging job to help people learn and uh, others go on and want to be college professors and maybe Laurie will say a little bit about the mentoring program where the advanced lAs or anybody who's been in LA can can be a come a, a mentor of the new lAs and so they find ways to um really take responsibility not just for their own learning but for other people's learning and that seems to often doesn't happen until uh until you you grow up and have kids or students of your <laughs>
1: own. So, yeah i, I was going to ask sort of uh, what's sort of the different um experience that uh, people who so they've gone through the la program once they've done their you know pedagogy course and and that sort of thing you know after their rookie season um what's what's it like for them do do you get a lot of people coming back who say oh i really need to do this more and more i see a couple of nodding heads on the zoom call just so y'all know so uh, so somebody want? Laurie, you want to you want to chime in there?
3: Sure. Um, at, at CU Boulder, we we get about um a third of our LAs each semester are returning LAs, and a lot of them by the end of their first semester, like, oh, I'm just now starting to figure this out, and I'm really starting to feel comfortable with this. Um, but now I see other other ways that I would like to continue to grow and develop. Um, and so that is really attractive for returning LAs um, to to come back into that position. I know other programs. I think George Mason University is at like about fifty percent returning LAs. Um, and then as Valerie mentioned, we do have this uh, LA mentor program. So there's an, uh, another opportunity for experienced L.A.s to return as an L.A. mentor, and L.A. mentors mentor the new learning assistant. So they're actually active in the pedagogy course. They do some group mentoring with their small group of new L.A.s every week, um, and they do some individual mentoring as well. Um, but those new L.A. mentors also take the course where they're learning these mentoring mm-hmm. techniques um but it's a way for them to continue their leadership within the program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also just mention, you know, a lot of students might say, well, maybe I don't want to apply to be in L.A. because I'm not thinking about being a teacher. Uh, but we know that what they are learning, the skills they're learning, are applicable to whatever they want to go, you know, do later yeah. in life. So listening skills, questioning skills is important for everyone And L.A.'s um, realize that.
1: Right. And you, and you um, probably get some feedback from them that they realize, wow, I learned a lot more about my, my material, my discipline yeah. just from having to help or, you know, facilitate other students in learning. Yeah, Andrea, uh, go ahead.
4: Uh, my LA from the spring specifically wanted to be in LA because she was planning to take the MCATs. Mm-hmm. And the best way for her to study Gen Chem was to work with me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. So um are you finding Andrea in your, again, you're, you're working in a little bit smaller scale than they are out in Colorado. Or are you still finding that like there is this cohort of students who, you know, like, oh, you gotta be in LA, you gotta, you gotta do this kind of thing because I mean, it sounds like you're, you're, your one student, you know, realized, oh, this is a way I'm going to learn more. Um, but I mean, is, is it like a competitive thing? Oh, I really want to get into this, or is it just sort of like, you know, we're, we're, lo- cause like I would say at my institution, you know, we love to have, you know, we have something similar to it. We have, we call it supplemental instruction. It doesn't have a pedagogic aspect to it, but again, the having the students there to help facilitate things through really uh connects you know it's sort of like that connecting point between me the instructor and those students um so i'm one but getting the students to do that sometimes is difficult for timing or you know sometimes we just don't have a lot of interest in it um so i'm just sort of wondering at, at your institution andrea are you is that something that you face in your area or in the other disciplines
4: um, in our area, um, it's it's pretty well established. I'd say we are about a 50% return worry of return.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Um, faculty will usually reach out to students who they think would be really good LAs, and students appreciate that it's not just they're applying to something that's on a flyer. It's their professors reached out to them. Um, And, you know, occasionally we have problems with scheduling issues, but for the most part, students want to be in those positions. Um, If I don't have an L.A. in a class one semester because of scheduling, the students are like, where's the L.A.? (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah,
1: we're not going to survive without our L.A., right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
4: Um, The only time we've really had um, staffing problems is what occasionally we were trying to, um, at the beginning of expansion, as we're into a new area and they mm-hmm. don't have those expectations and they don't have those experiences like right. Right now, our provost is asking us to move into health science. Yeah. Um and that's a little bit more challenging but we're working on it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it it, it is interesting and I, I was I, I wanted to touch on some some connections to Pogol here a little bit um that you know like in you know at, at my institution not everybody uses Pogel in the classroom and so we find that like I utilize l a or you know our supplemental instructors i use use them a little bit differently than my peers, my colleagues who tend to do a little bit more lecture work uh and so sort of the interaction with an l a can be you know or an s i or whatever can be very different i so I was wondering uh andrea, if you could talk a little bit about how. The LA might interact in a POGO classroom, what, how you utilize that. And then I wanted to send it back to the, to the Colorado people to talk about sort of what actually goes on in that classroom. So okay. Andrea, go ahead.
4: Sure. Uh, so, um, in the classroom, um, my LA is really helping me, um, facilitate small group work, um, and, and working with the groups as we go through the POGO activities, um, And, you know, some of that is just the power of numbers. Um, and it it doubles the amount of us who are there. Um, and that can be really helpful. Like if I have the, you know, one group that's just really stuck, I might park my LA with that group so that they can do more hand holding and do, um, a little bit, um, more guidance to get them. Um, sometimes I'll also have my L.A. go to that group that refuses to do the roles and they're all working individually. Um, and when the L.A. is sitting there and saying, well, what did your partner say? Um, it can help coalesce those group dynamics. Um, or depending on what the situation is it, that's going on, I might have my L.A. sort of monitoring the rest of the class while I'm working with the problem group right. Um, so it's just, you know, having that additional facilitation support in the classroom is is really important. Um, you know, I think it, particularly in a Pogo classroom, there's some additional things you can do. Um, like uh, this semester I had a group that was very hesitant, and so I had Misha working with them. And then when we were doing um, a person report out, uh, Misha was the spokesperson for that day to to help model what that behavior looked like. Oh, okay. And to help get them sort of over their hesitancy of like, oh, what is this? It's the wrong answer? Right, um, right.
1: Yeah, and that and that that's always a struggle because they don't want to give the wrong answer because yeah. you know even though wrong answers are great, we want the discussion. <laughs> so yeah, and so you would use the LA to sort of be part of the team in in, in the Pogel team in in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah,
4: so sometimes um, she's acting more sort of part of the team and mm-hmm. sort of modeling what questioning and answering looks like. Right. And sometimes she's acting um, more as me and going from from group to group. Right. Um, I feel like the LA also helps a little bit with buy-in. Um, you know, sometimes when when uh, groups are like, "Why do we have to have these roles?" and and the uh, LA can be like, "Oh, because of this," or "Hey, remember," um, and that. What she says holds a lot more weight than what I say. Um similarly, if I say you really have to memorize your polyatomic ions, sorry, you just do. When she <laughs> says that, it has a lot more weight than when I do.
1: Right, right. It it's funny it's funny how that how that happens. Um, so can we talk a little bit about what happens at at, at Colorado where you have perhaps more Lecture based courses where this goes on?
2: Well, um, the one thing I want to point out is that one of the challenges of having an LA program is having those materials that to, that are, you know, what we like to call group worthy activities or things that require that the students work together. And there's some that are better than others. And then that provides them with the opportunity to walk around and lots of times they'll use large dry erase boards on their desks or on their tables. So that the LA can just look and see kind of what the students are thinking before right. they provide any feedback. And so they engage in one of the most powerful instructional strategies, which is formative assessment, where they they sit there, they, they, they figure out where the student is, regardless of whether they're right or wrong, but what they're thinking. And then they can help, they can set some little intermediate goal and help the student move to the next place right. uh, along towards a, tra- a learning trajectory that they're already very familiar with. So they okay. generally, they, they walk around <laughs> and they, they, they're um, taught kind of to sit, try to sit down on the desks so that they could be on the level and <laughs> the stuff. It does right, seem right. to help with the group dynamics. They have to listen for a long time before they're, they're really qualified to provide that kind of uh, formative feedback. And we call it formative because it helps to form those ideas. It's not to test whether they're right or wrong. Right. And so then you'll hear the students say, I'm sorry, they'll, they'll say things like, um, Wow, I, I like, I work with LAs because they're like me. They understand me. They know right. what we're going through. They figure out what I know without making me feel dumb. And so um, making the class just so much more accessible.
1: Right. Andrea, you wanted to chime in there?
4: Uh, yeah, just I, I, one of the things we talk about is how um, the LA model is stealth faculty development. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is that you do have to have these group-worthy activities. And that's one of the things right. that's great about Pogel is that instructors who aren't familiar with group work, who are used to lecturing, they don't know what to do. You can be like, Hey, here's Pogol. Here's a thing that you can now utilize your LA as well. Um, And so that's one of the sort of really nice synergies.
1: Right. So, uh, so as I'm understanding it, then really this is designed to help instructors as well, sort of get into more, you know, student oriented uh, instruction. Lori, you want to chime in there?
3: Yeah, and Andrea took almost the exact words out of my <laughs> mouth that I was about to say. Um, yeah, I, I did want to emphasize how great Fogel is for faculty who are wanting to have more active learning. And here are, here's really well developed curriculum materials um, to, be, to, to be able to use. Um, but then also chiming in on that stealth faculty development part of the model. It's really important that um, faculty are supported in this process as well. And so um, faculty actually submit proposals for what they're wanting to do in their courses and how they're going to engage LAs in those activities. And that is a form of formative feedback for us, the, the program directors who are looking through the proposals. We can then give questions back or, you know, engage in some dialogue with faculty Oh, have you thought about this? Because really, we're trying to help them um, increase the numbers of opportunities for L.A.s to really meaningfully interact with students early, Mm -hmm. often throughout the whole semester, because it's really important that L.A.s have those opportunities to make those connections with students, to build relationships. That's really where the learning that's the foundation for the learning that's going to happen. And so we do a lot of work with faculty and have developed a faculty community right. across the campus where they can also learn with and from each other. And we find that it takes at least three semesters of working with L.A.s to start for the faculty to really get their feet underneath them and really start to get traction on on. Best use okay. Yeah. So,
1: um, I want to backtrack a little bit because, you know, we've been talking about sort of implementation and, and how this all works, uh, when you're doing it. Um, you know, and, and those of us who, who've been, you know, using Pogle for a while, or, you know, even for just a little bit, you know, recognize that, you know, this is not just something that a bunch of people decided to do. And we got a bunch of other friends who said, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. Um, but you guys have actually, you know, engaged in, you know, research in how this works. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about, um, sort of some of the underpinnings of, you know, the research that's, that's been going on, uh, in how the LA, uh, system will work? And, you know, cause you sometimes have to use that to get other people to buy into it.
2: Yeah, and the first place that the research takes place is in building those research based instructional materials like pogle and mm-hmm. these are the kinds of things that are just the you know who we try to promote that you you use things that have been tested in those classrooms. but after you know people started more and more people started using the l a model in their classrooms the um it kind of has a whole national research agenda has emerged, and people have done research on everything from uh, you know, student learning all the way to belonging and inclusion. And mm, so okay. um, increasingly we're seeing um, doctoral dissertations come out that the, the topic is some facet of the L.A. model. Um, and also I'm increasingly getting tenure and promotion packages to review that really center around that um, that faculty members work on the L.A. model and their research on the L.A. model. So, uh, for example, here's one of the studies that was done. It was done with 20, over 20,000 students over multiple years, comparing students who had had at least one interaction with a learning assistant to those who have never had a learning assistant, which there's very few of those anymore at our school. But what they found was in calculus, chemistry, and physics, those were, that's where the study was done, they found that the students who had had at least one LA-supported calculus, chemistry, or physics course were sixty percent less likely to fail subsequent calculus chemistry and physics courses so that there was some kind of longitudinal effect that helped them perform better and continue to perform after their exposure to l a s
1: right and 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 this was you know even if the subsequent course didn't have an l a in it am am i right in in yes. understanding yes. what you said there yeah so the so mm-hmm. and and you know, we've seen that in the Pogle project as well is that, that even if students take up a, a Poggle class and the subsequent class is, you know, taught by somebody who doesn't use POGL, the students are still benefiting from it longitudinally. Well, that's interesting. That's, that's,
2: and, that, that's um, good. Lori has some more data maybe you could talk about, but, um, mm-hmm. but uh, one thing we, we really are focusing on, you know, developing a culture of expert learning rather than just expert knowing. And so we need for the faculty members the the program it should be learning the department should be learning the institution should be changing as a result of this, and so right. um, I think that's pretty effective,
1: Lori, you have anything you want to add to that?
3: sure i mean we we have you know other studies that are looking at the impacts on students themselves in l a supported courses, so they're Just lots of data, you know, we're giving conceptual assessments at the beginning of the semester and in the semester, you know, showing increased learning outcomes across lots of different disciplines. Um, And as Valerie mentioned earlier, you know, LA is fostering a sense of belonging and inclusion, both in person and in online courses. That's really a lot of the current research that is going on in terms of LA-supported courses. Um, There's also been a lot of studies that are looking at the impacts of the experience on the LAs themselves. Uh, You can imagine that being in L.A. has the potential for being a high-impact practice. Um, So there's one study that shows that LAs are more likely to persist to graduation. Um, Compared to a matched sample of their peers, LAs exhibited a 10% higher graduation rate. Um, and there's other studies that show that LAs have increased STEM identities and experienced leadership development. Um, in some cases, it's increased the number of majors in the, the physics department. Um, that's really important for, you know, some right, departments.
1: Right, yeah. So, um, um, this, this kind of information that, that people might want to sort of look up just so that they have a little bit of understanding beyond this conversation. Uh, this can be found at a website, I'm guessing, right, for your your Learning Assistant Alliance?
3: Okay. Yes, go to learningassistantalliance.org and when you create an account and gets verified, then you have access to all of these resources. Okay. And it's all,
2: it's free.
1: It's (laughs) It's free. And
2: then there's some other, like if you went to, um, you know, you went to Chicago State LA program or University of Colorado Boulder LA program, then you'll find our individual and that um websites that has like kind of like basic internal instructions for how to be a good la how to be a good uh, faculty member using la's and other tips and tricks and stuff like that that we make available to our faculty
1: right right okay very good very good um well this has been very enlightening to me i mean i'm what's interesting is i'm hearing you say some things that sound exactly like what i try to do in my classroom but i'm also hearing some things that I might actually want to try to sort of think about how to get our teaching and learning center mm-hmm. thinking about doing a few other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I hope that, uh, people who are listening in, uh, to the podcast can sort of take home some, uh, some possible useful tips and tricks from this.
2: When I hear Andrea talk about, um, her LA program and, um, it's just, even though our, our contexts are are vastly different, it's really a very similar program. And, um, right. I was at, I was in Egypt in July. They invited me to come investigate their program, which they've been running for a year off of all the breadcrumbs they found online. And they had a, a little bit of a different program, but their LA said the same things that ours do. You know, they said, I gained confidence by being in LA. I, um, I, I feel like I'm more established and have more leadership and right. understand the direction of my life and my, you know, uh, responsibilities. In the society. So even though the programs are so different and, and even different countries, the LAs all look the same in terms right. of the way that they experience this.
1: And, and I think, you know, what, what's interesting and I, you know, I think Andre, you could probably speak to this. You, we, we sort of think about something that's working really well at a large institution where students can sort of feel small in a large classroom, but you're not at a large institution. And, and this is, you know, helping your students sort of connect. Am I right?
4: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, we're primarily a commuter school. And so this does help with those, those connections in the classroom. Um, you know, my, um, my LA is providing not only that kind of conceptual support and study skill support, um, but also uh, emotional support. You know, I've had the LA talk to uh, first time freshmen about like what organizations to get involved with. I've had my LA chase someone out of the room who was crying and calm them down in the bathroom in a way that like I can't do as fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so no, they absolutely. provide a whole nother sort of structure, um, in the mm-hmm. classroom that, that I can't provide. Um, right. and I think that's what's so nice about, about having an LA, you know, I can do Pogo on my own. I do do it on my own when. Scheduling means I can't have an LA, but I do it so much better when I right. have both together.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate uh, the three of you taking some time to uh, join us on the Gold podcast, uh, learning about the Learning Assistant Alliance and just some of the ways to utilize, you know, having a, a, an extra, extra hand in the classroom. Who's actually an undergraduate, you know, just like the uh, the rest of our students, um, and I think a lot of the people out in uh, the Pogo world will will really appreciate hearing about that. So thank you uh, all three for coming in today, chatting with us. Really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, thank you. Appreciate yeah.
0: the invitation. Uh, Wayne, gonna send it back to you. Well, Thanks, Alex, and thanks to all our guests for just a great conversation today. What strikes me is there is a lot of synergy between these two organizations, a lot of common ground. So we're going to make sure that we put the website information for both LAA and the Pogo Project in our episode notes. And so uh, if you're a member of one of these organizations, you can check out what's going on on the other side of the uh, the fence, so to speak. So that's it for Episode 3 of the Pogol Podcast. Uh, we'll be back soon with Episode 4, so we'll see you then. Bye-bye.